You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Mandy from the Leyline Podcast. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for April 10th, episode 3156. This episode is brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, actually, Jamie's having fun in Italy right now, and Mandy is filling in. Thanks for joining me today, Mandy. Thanks for having me, Glenn. This is what your second, third, fourth time? I don't know. I stopped counting a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy's been filling in off and on over the years. As you know, we we have Lisa and Mandy and Debbie and a couple of others that help fill on or fill in for us. So we really appreciate you being here today. Today we're going to preview the new monthly raining episode that's coming on Thursday, and we meet one of our auditors. Her name is Charity, and she makes her own chain mail for her horse. Yes, you heard that right. Medieval chain mail. Plus, uh, Mandy, you're going to do a business tip, right? I am. I'm excited for that. What are you talk what are we talking about in the business tip today? Oh, we're going to talk about having a great elevator pitch. Oh, that's appropriate for something else we're going to talk about very shortly. <laughs> yes. Plus, we have some question first world problems. You know, even when Jamie is gone, Auditors still have problems. So we're going to talk about those at the end of the show. Plus, we are going to do a post-show. Uh, Mandy and I like to talk about TV, and we, we, we watch a lot of TV. So we're going to talk about that a little bit in the post-show. So hang around for that, auditors. Uh, I've been watching something new, and you've been watching something new. So we're going to compare notes there. But this week, we're so excited, is Equine Affair. I fly out to Columbus, Ohio on Wednesday. When do you get in, by the way? I also get in on Wednesday, but I have to bring a lot of things with me, so I am driving. Oh, really? Yes. That's a long day from New York, <laughs> the top of New York to middle of Ohio. It is. It's about, It's. I mean, it maps out to be a little over eight hours, so, you know, always add in a little bit of a buffer. It's going to be a nine to ten hour day for sure. Mm, not planning on any big snowstorms this weekend? You're... Uh, hopefully not. It's a really <laughs> nice, a mild, like 50-something degrees here today, so I think we'll be in the clear. Actually, I checked the forecast for Columbus, and it's going to be 80 while we're there. I know. I was hoping, it's been 95 here and hot for the last month, and I was hoping that I'd go up there and it'd be really cool, and I'd get a break, but well, I guess 80 is a break from 95, so I get a little bit of a break. Yeah, I was surprised. Last year, it was actually very chilly. I remember being very cold, so 80 is going to be warm. Well, we did want to go over our schedule. Mandy and I are both going to be there. We're going to be doing a lot of different things, so we wanted to go over for everybody that's joining us in Ohio. Thursday night is the Equine Affair Auditor Meetup Dinner that has been organized by one of our terrific auditors, and there is a Facebook page for that. I'm going to put it in our show notes. Listeners are invited all. 
also. If you're a listener to the show, you're invited. And I'm going to put a link to it in our in our show notes to the Facebook event where you can see the details, where it's at, and whether you can when and you can RSVP. We do need RSVPs as it is a restaurant, and we just need to know how many are going. But I think there's like eight people signed up. You're going, right? Thursday night. I'm planning on it. Yeah. yeah. So we're both going to be there. You get to meet us both, and we get to hang out with you guys, which is even more fun. And then Friday night, you have something. I don't know if there's spots available. I, maybe I shouldn't have put this in here, but let, tell us about it anyway. <laughs> yes, there are spots available. So Friday night, I am coming back once again to host a networking mixer at Equine Affair, and that is going to be in the Voinovich building. By the way, don't know if I ever say the name of that building correctly. It's a big name, but that's what I'm going with. So it's in the Voinovich building Friday evening at 5 p.m. And that's a networking mixer for equestrian professionals. So if you own your own business or if you represent a horse business, you are invited. There is a small cover charge in addition to the admission to Equine Affair to get into that mixer, just because if I didn't have a cover charge, everybody would show up for the free food. So you got to make $4, sure. $4,000? Is that right. the cover charge? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's next year. So, you okay. know, inflation. <laughs> but the cover charge, if you buy your ticket in advance online, it's $12. That'll be open for another day or so, or it's 15 at the door. So again, that's the Voinovich building in the conference room. So you can find out more about that online at the leadlinepodcast.com slash Ohio, or just show up. And I'll be there too. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody. That's going to be a lot of fun. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings. We got a bonus for all of you at home. We are recording Horses in the Morning on a weekend. So we're going to be doing special episodes from there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. Allison of uh, of e- e- Equine Affair is joining me as my co-host. She set up a whole bunch of cool guests already, some of the clinicians and stuff. If you are there at Equine Affair, come over to the Equine Network booth. I wish I knew which building that was in. You'll find it. Just uh, It's going to be in the Bricker building. Uh, Bricker building? Okay. Yep. And Bricker I know we building. have a large booth, so we will be set up in there recording. You can come watch us do the show. You can join us on the show. You know how we love to get listeners involved in the show. One of them's on today. So if you want to sit down and chat with me and be part of the shows we're doing from Equine Affair, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday morning, stop by 9.30 to 11.00. AM is when we're going to be recording those shows. And then you also are doing some talks, right? I am. And I just want to mention before we circle into that, it's going to be booth number 203. I just looked it up in our emails. So booth number 203 in the Bricker building for the Equine Network booth. So that's where folks can find you. So I am doing a few talks and doing them on Thursday. So again, in the horse business space, I'm going to do one talk at, I believe, 12 p.m. And that's going to be five reasons your horse business isn't making money. And then at 5 p.m., <laughs> yeah, which full. is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who owns a barn. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everyone who shows up. Actually, we've got a lot of barn owners that do show up to those talks. So we, we kind of touch on just a generic set of five reasons why your business isn't making money. So they're applicable across the board. You don't have to be a barn owner to attend and for them to be applicable in your business. But uh, the most common reasons that I see will be discussed there in that 12 p.m. talk. And then at 5 p.m., I am doing a talk on how to master how to master your message, why a great elevator pitch is so important. And that'll get more in depth. We're talking a little bit about that today on the show, but we'll get more in depth in that um, at the 5 p.m. talk on Thursday at Equine Affair. Very good. And I don't know if we ever mentioned that we work together now. Have we I don't know if we did. On the air? I don't know if we've been on air since then. Mandy <laughs> Have is, we been on air together since January? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amanda is the podcast operations manager at Equine Network, so we work together closely, basically running all the podcasts. So it's been a lot of fun working with you over the last month or two, and uh, we have a lot more work to do. But uh, you know, with almost well, we have what thirty-two active shows, so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know, and we've had our challenges along the way too. Uh, but it's it's more fun to work out the challenges with somebody that uh, that gets it and just knows how to get the job done. So thank you for all your support. Appreciate that. Oh, it's been great. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you this weekend for sure. And now it's time for some Daily Winnies. Well, we have one birthday in the family today, and that's Debbie Lauks of the Horsemanship Radio Show. Happy birthday to you, Debbie. I know she listens to this sometimes, so we wish you the very happiest of birthdays. And I'm going to see her in June for the movement. So I'm going to be flying out there for the movement at uh, Monty Roberts' place. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person there. Also, we have a brand new auditor, somebody who signed up last week, Jessica Gross. Thank you, Jessica, for becoming part of the family. Search for HRN Auditors on Facebook, ask to join, and you too will be part of one of the most active Facebook groups. And Mandy will attest to that. There's like a hundred <laughs> posts a day in there. I can't keep up. No kidding. <laughs> My Daily Winnie is going out to an Etsy seller called Decals by Koi. Glenn, I know you saw over this past Easter weekend that I was busy at work outside installing a new decal on my brand new Volkswagen Taos that I got in the past month. And it's pretty cool. I know that some people thought that I might do a branded decal on my vehicle. That was not the case. I'm also a very outdoorsy person. So I got this really cool decal that looks like a mountain silhouette. And I put that on my vehicle and both sides. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Decals by Koi on Etsy because it was very affordable, came with some great instructions, and now my vehicle is basically the it's coolest really Volkswagen cool. in town. It is cool. <laughs> well, your car is what, what color would you call that? Do they call well, it? Well, the, the official color is cornflower blue. What so, the hell is a cornflower? I don't even know, but that's what the, that's what it's called. You know how they have to give vehicles these yeah. fancy names, but it's a bright blue color. It is. It's really unique, and it's it's the coolest car I've ever had. So I'm pretty excited. Well, and your decal looks wonderful. Is it on both oh, it's sides? Amazing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And how hard was it to put on? Because I saw you did it yourself. It was. Uh, it was tedious. I will say that. Mm. So it definitely took a lot of was patience. Was there swearing a lot of care. between husband and wife? <laughs> well, Tim helped me tape it on because you have to tape the decal first and then kind of peel everything back and squeegee it. Um, there was no swearing, but there was a slight meltdown. There were some tears. <laughs> <laughs> These jobs so, always look easy until they're they not. They do look easy, <laughs> yeah. but it was worth it. And then I took the car around to the other side of, we, we live on the water. So I took it around to the other side of the point where we live and took a sunset photo. So it looks really cool. <laughs> it does look cool. It is really cool. I really like it. Plus, you know, when we had a Kia Soul and there were a lot of color that the same color we had in their area so every time it come out from the grocery store i was going to the wrong car 
And oh, I would no. go up and I'd be pressing a button, pressing, and wasn't unlocking. I'd get mad, and then I'd look in the seat and discover my stuff wasn't in it. And then I, it would take a minute to register that it wasn't my car. <laughs> so I'd have to look around for my car. And there was one time, I took a picture of it, where there were three, and they did this on purpose to mess with me. Oh, there totally. were three of the same cars, same color, everything, Kia Souls in a row. And it was like, okay, now they're messing with me because I was the first one and then they all parked beside each other. And it was like, okay, <laughs> so at least you won't have that problem. Nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, I really do like it. Give a plug to the name again. What was the name of it? It's Decals by Koi and Koi is C-O-Y and they are available on Etsy. And I think the website is decalsbykoi.com. But I'm one that likes to read all the reviews. So I found them on Etsy first and read all of the reviews. And I found they've got a lot of different decals. Do they so have horsey ones? You can order custom decals. Most of the decals they have currently are like mountainous and then there's some desert scenes, but you can order custom decals. So I am I am certain if you reached out, you could get a horse decal. You know, it's funny with Etsy because you quite never quite know what you're going to get, right? I mean, you read the reviews and all of that, but you're never quite sure when you order from a company for the first time, especially for a thing like a decal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, this was a great process. It came with the instructions. There were little QR codes in the container, the shipping container, when you scan the QR code, and it took you to a video tutorial, which was super helpful. Yay! Well, good. Well, that, that probably saved from two meltdowns, and you only had one. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot less than you have putting IKEA furniture together, so there's that. <laughs> All right, let's do some short stories. Monday, time for Glenn's short horsey headlines. Short, mostly because he has the attention span of his hackney pony. Thank you, Jennifer. I only have a couple of short stories for you today, but they're very important ones. Over the weekend, of course, we had some World Cup going on in Omaha, Nebraska, and we had dressage and jumping and vaulting. Well, in the jumping world, the FEI Jumping World Cup finals on Saturday. It was world number one ranked Henrik von Eckermann of Sweden, who reigned supreme with his horse, King Edward. After round one on Wednesday and round two on Tuesday, the top 30 combinations advanced to Saturday's deciding competition with only a 10-point penalty separating the leading 11 combinations. And I have uh, Henrik's final. This is the end of his jumping. I wanted to play it for you because it was quite exciting. You can hear a pin drop. Now to the last. This to go into the lead, and King Edward's done it again. What a brilliant, brilliant performance as Henrik von Eckermann goes into the lead on five penalties, and he's absolutely delighted. It's been a, a week of mixed emotions, Jess, for these two. Well, that's fantastic. I, I just, just incredible. I mean, you can really see. Uh, no words can explain and this is what a championship is all about this championship has been up and down and left and right it's been full of in insecurities and, and happiness and, and disaster and it's all about staying calm and this pair have done it yet again proving the absolute class 
So there you go. It was apparently a wild weekend with all kinds of things happening in the different classes. So congratulations to him. I mean, he's he's done very well and is still leading the world in jumping. So uh, also, Kansas native Hunter Holloway was dubbed the hometown favorite, of course, and rose to the occasion and came in to finish third. So we had a United States on the podium that came in to finish third. So we're, we're happy about that as well. Germany's Jessica von Bredow Berndl, that's a name, uh, actually won the Dressage World Cup for the second consecutive year. She set a score of 90.4. So the way they do the freestyle, you know, it's a combination of the scores through the various classes, but the way they do the freestyle is they give you a technical score. It's kind of like skating. They give you a technical score and then an artistic score. So her technical score was something like an 87. Her artistic score was a 97 out of 100. So that is just crazy. I mean, that's that's a crazy score. Uh, and she ended up winning, of course. She had, get this, of, of the individual marks throughout the competition, she had... 55 tens on the various uh and the various they give scores for all the movements so on the various movements she had 55 tens it's just unheard of uh she is now the reigning olympic uh she's a let me get this right she is the reigning olympic european and world cup champion the only thing she missed was the world championships last year in 2022 because she was busy having a baby so there's a, there's a woman with a full life right there. Stefan Peters was the highest placed U.S. pair in fourth, while Anna Buffini was sixth and Alice Jar- or Tarjan was ninth. So congratulations to all of them. It was apparently a very fun weekend in Omaha. Well, I'm very excited to announce that we have a new monthly segment that's coming up on our Tuesdays and Thursdays, and this is going to be the second Thursday of every month. The National Reigning Horse Association is going to be doing an episode every month, and we're going to be talking about the sport of reigning. And I have the hosts here with me right now who are going to introduce the show. Well, I have some special guests that I wanted to bring on this morning to promote something new that's happening on Horses in the Morning later in the week. You're going to know one of these guests. Her name is Christy, and she used to host the CHA episode here once a month. Hi, Christy. Hi, Glenn. Very excited to be back. I think you might have filled in uh, as co-hosts at one time or another, too, on this show. You've been on the show so often, I, I don't remember anymore. Christy, you hosted that episode for like eight years, and apparently you weren't sick of me. You want to come back. I was not sick of you at all. I absolutely want to come back. And you know what's <laughs> funny is that you, we talk often about like our past, and I'm actually a broadcast news journalist, and I don't get to use it very often, except for on this show. So there you go. Oh, well, good. Well, I'm glad you're back. And tell everybody why you're coming back, and your first episode is going to start on Thursday of this week. Yes. So I am back because I now work for the National Reining Horse Association, and we are doing the National Reining Horse Association NRHA show now on Horses in the Morning. And I have someone with me today who's co-hosting it, too. And I'm so excited that, Sarah, you're going to be a part of it as well. Sarah Honiger is our marketing director for NRHA, and she's also going to be co-hosting with me. Yes, I am so excited to be part of this. This is my first podcast experience, so I couldn't ask for a better team to be doing this with. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Well, having Christy as a co-host is not too shabby. She's kind of experienced at this. So. <laughs> it's really starting at the high end. You know, I just aimed right for the top. <laughs> I will pay you both later. And I like Starbucks coffee also if right. you ever want to pay me back. Gift cards on the way. <laughs> so we're excited to have you guys too. You know, half our audience uh, is our trail riders and Western and compete in Western side. And we, because Jamie and I tend to be more on the English side, we haven't done a lot of the Western side yeah we talked to western riders and we talked about western sports and you know we do breed highlights on on western breeds but it hasn't been a focus for us so i'm so glad that you guys are joining us to, for that focus and i gotta be honest with you and christy will appreciate this because we've talked about it before the english side's always a little jealous of the money and the winnings on the western side because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're riding out here in the venting world for ribbons and spending a fortune doing it and you guys are like winning millions of dollars which uh they're still jealous about by the way sarah <laughs> well, that's really uh, funny that you mentioned that because when I first started riding, it was in all of those classes that you mentioned, actually. And that day I told my mom and my horse trainer at the time that I only wanted the pink ribbon and I won first or second. I don't remember. So it was blue or red and I hated those colors. <laughs> and so I was really mad. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. then from that moment on, my mom was like, maybe this is not for you. Maybe we need to move <laughs> to something different. <laughs> You've been, you were involved in rodeo on the rodeo side too, right? Yes. That's actually what I moved into. And it was always with a quote, a reigning reject. You know, maybe that horse wasn't great enough to be a reigner in the show pen for all of that prize money you mentioned, but gosh, they're so well-trained and, incredible for a breakaway horse or a barrel racing horse. And I did compete on one of those in college. Is it just me or does it, it seems to me like one, I'm hearing a lot more about reigning than I ever did. We've covered it in the past when we've done the world of question games, radio shows, we've, you know, obviously cover reigning uh, in those days. So is it becoming more popular? That's the impression I get is I'm just hearing more about it. Oh, yeah. I think I think the Western industry as a whole is having such a movement right now, you know, from fashion, from TV and movies. And then you look at all those trends and just how raining has been impacted. It's featured on Yellowstone. You know, the creator of that show is Taylor Sheridan, and he's actually a non-professional in the raining industry. And he's given such a huge stage for raining to be on. Well, let's recently. face it, that show has given a huge stage for horses, period. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Probably more than any other mainstream media ever has, to be honest. Absolutely. It's, it's our 2023 bonanza. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're right. For those that are under the age of 50, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we just aged ourselves with it. <laughs> I think so, too. Sarah, do you have any idea what bonanza show. is? I just had to say it. Do you have any I idea, Sarah, what bonanza is? I sure did. Okay, all right. Just, point for that. just checking. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't sure. That's funny, Christy. <laughs> so, Christy, you was a, really a newcomer to the Reigning Association. What do you see? What has surprised you since nine months ago you, you arrived there? You know, I think overall, I am raining really, like you said, there is a hype right now about it. And we know it's kind of the dressage in English, right? It's those maneuvers and those kinds of things. And oftentimes we refer to it as figure skating, right? For the person that doesn't even know what dressage is at all, right? Because they don't know our horse world yet. And I just the 
passion of the people that are involved in it and the direction that they want to take it. And they are open to everyone. Um, they're open to people that are just learning how to ride. We have, um, you know, all kinds of classes and things at the shows for them, all the way up to the people that have been doing it for years and everyone in between. And there's a camaraderie. But I'll tell you what I've liked the most, not going to lie, NRHA staff. Our staff are amazing. And it's so much fun to work with a group of people every single day who care so much about the industry. Well, part of it is you actually have a staff now where you were before it was you and like one other person. So. It was me and one other person. Yeah. yeah, my friend Terry at the office. That's all I had. You're right. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, who does that? I don't have to do that? What? It's Yeah, I, I'm a little spoiled now, I feel. Yeah. Man, Glenn, here I was thinking all those times when she complimented the staff, it was a compliment to us. No, she's just happy to have no one, bar? I think. Yeah. <laughs> It's both. It's both. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it is interesting what you say about reigning in the sports growing and the Western sports growing. Our second biggest show now on the network is the score from the Team Roping Journal. Uh, That show is huge. And Team Roping and also the new ranch classes that are coming out, it just seems like there's a whole revitalization in the Western side. I would agree. I mean, you've got the rain cow, right? You've got um, the whole cutting crew. I mean, there's so many different sports out there right now. And you have groups that are, you know, putting them all together. Like I think, um, oh, the American Performance Horseman, right? That just recently happened at the American Rodeo. Uh, That was a phenomenal um, way to showcase three really different Western disciplines, but they all have in my opinion, huh, they're basics in raining, right? Because most of the time before you can get on a good rain cow or a cutter, they have to have some raining background. They have to have the the, uh, the understanding of those maneuvers and things. So it's, but it's really fun to see them all working together and understanding that there are many differences. It's not just put on a Western saddle and go do stuff. There's different types of Western saddles, right? I mean, it just goes on and on. And I just love that there's still so much joy and excitement about it. The other thing that's come into the picture, too, is Western dressage, right? So Very that's something much. that that's huge and growing, you know, th- you know, thanks to a few people we know here on the show, Western dressage is, is growing and becoming a thing, too. And the other thing I'm hearing more of, and I, this is something that I haven't heard until recently, is we're seeing a lot of dressage riders try reining and a lot of rainers taking dressage lessons on, on the English side, because let's face it, the you know, the basics are the basics. Fundamentals are fundamentals, right? Um, True. You know, it, whatever, you know, whatever gait your horse has, the fundamentals are the same. Well, and we often talk about in Raining Glen, willingly guided, right? And willingly guided, you want that for any discipline. Anything you do, you want that. You want that lightness and what have you. And yeah, but dressage and reining are are relatively close when it comes to some of those basics. Um, and the fundamentals, like you said, of horsemanship are what they are. And I love that people want to take that chance and take that opportunity to try both, right? Try, sit on an English saddle, sit in a Western saddle, try it all. I, I think that that's just a really, it, it makes us better riders as a whole. Our new people, this is for Sarah, our new, our new people, new members for the association, are they coming in because their families rode and, and, you know, the youngsters are coming in that way or are they finding reigning other ways as well? You know, that's a really good question and it's kind of a mixed bag. We have a program that actually the youth association runs as a fundraiser and it's called our buy a pro auction. And so people can purchase a two lesson package with an NRHA professional. And I take it upon myself to ask every single one of them how they found us and you know, where they're coming from. And 
nearly everybody in that has never ridden a Rainer. They've just seen it on TV lately. They want to try it. Maybe their kid has taken some lessons, just, you know, generic horseback riding lessons and their genre of choice is reining. But we also have a lot of people who find reining much later in life. We have so many classes tailored to different age groups, like 50 and up, 65 and up. And so we do have people that think, you know, I've ridden horses my whole life. And now I think this discipline is pretty interesting and I'm going to try it out. And I think that's really, really cool. Just the diverse backgrounds that our members come from. Well, guys, I'm so excited for everybody to hear you on Thursday's episode. And I know you, basically what we're going to do Thursday is kind of give the 101, but you're starting with one of the top rainers in the world to give the 101 on raining, right? We sure are. That's Mr. Sean Flarida from Ohio. Yeah. Been yeah. around a long time. He uh, was even on the show before, wasn't he? Yeah, we covered in the morning. Yeah, we covered him way, way back for the 2010 uh, World Equestrian Games. And then I think also for the 2018 in Tryon. So uh, that's where I met Sean was covering the World Equestrian Games over the years. So that and I know that's where you met him, too. So uh, so that's kind of cool. Well, I'm so excited, guys. Thank you for joining us today. What's the Reigning Association's website? Anyone can go to NRHA.com or NRHA.com slash fan if they're just getting started. And listen in on Thursday's episode. Well, I am very excited that we're bringing more Western to this show and to the network. We have a lot of Western on the network, thanks to the merger with Equine Network. And I know you ride Western, so, um, you know, it, it is it is fun to see all of these sports now and get to know them more than I did in the past. Uh, but now we're bringing them to horses in the morning, too, because I know that, uh, you know, probably 30, 40 percent, if not more, of our listeners ride Western. Most of them trail ride some show. So we're going to be bringing you more Western content, especially on the Tuesdays and Thursday episodes. The World Equestrian Center. I forget. Have you been down here yet? No, I haven't. you got to get down here. I've been hearing lots of good things. Well, you have to get down here. And of course, they're our sponsor for this episode every Monday. And I got to tell you, there's a lot going on. When you have a facility that's 4,000 acres, you can do a little bit. And you can have a lot of different things. And when you have as many buildings and arenas as they do, you can do all of this in one weekend. So this weekend, they have the premier level four jumpers for the USEF are back this weekend. They'll be doing the big uh, Grand Prix on Saturday night. They're also holding the NCEA National Championship. That's the top eight college equestrian teams and singles are competing this weekend in flat fences, horsemanship, and reining. And this event is free to the public. And this is for the national championship for the college, for the NCEA. That's happening there in addition to the jumping. In addition to that, they're holding the April Dressage CDI three-star. So you got the dressage riders. Sabine uh, Schutt-Carey is doing a a uh, master class in dressage this weekend. And so we have all of that going on this weekend, all at one place at the World Equestrian Center. So if you're going to be in the area, you definitely want to stop by. There's a lot happening in a lot of different sports. I, you know, I'm trying to figure out where the... I don't know if they do the NCEA indoors, uh, but we have four very large indoor arenas and expo centers and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see where they put everybody and how they spread everybody out because we sure do have a variety coming this weekend. If you want to find out all the details, go to worldequestriancenter.com. One of the things, Mandy, that we, and you'll know this, you're in the auditor room. 
we have auditors that do the coolest stuff. And this year, we're highlighting some of those auditors, and we've interviewed some that, that have the most amazing jobs, they have the most amazing hobbies, or they're just cool. And I found one of those when she posted on her personal page. Her name is Charity, and she's into Renaissance fairs. Of course, I was too. And an acting company, we did Medieval Feasts. And I saw that she made her own chain mail for her horse, and I had to talk to her about it because it's just cool. Well, I am so excited today because this hits at my heart. It hits at my past. And I saw a post from one of our terrific auditors. She's been auditor for many, many years. And her name is Charity Dorn. And Charity did this post of her stunning horse, which we're going to find out about. But her stunning horse was wearing chain mail that she had made. So I had to have you on to find out about the chain mail, your horse, why, and all of that stuff. So I assume you have something to do with medieval something. I do. I do some run fairs. I do some gaming conventions. So geek stuff. Geek stuff is my world. So you're Charity the Geek. I'm Glenn the Geek. You're Charity the Geek. (laughs) Pretty much, yes. (laughs) And of course, you know, I used to do the run fairs and own my own acting company for 10 years. I love this stuff. So as soon as I saw it, I had to have you on. I'm going to post a picture in our show notes of uh, your horse with the chain mail. First, tell us about your horse. Uh, Loki. He actually turns 13 this week. Um, He's a Spanish Mustang. And he's like our first purebred anything. Um, And I can't believe how well-rounded he is. We put chain mail on him. He's like, okay, what's next? He just doesn't care. He's so awesome. Chain mail in the snow, I might add. (laughs) So it can't be warm. (laughs) Usually he's a bit of a hothead outside. And we put the chain mail on him that day. And he's like, okay. So, so, you know, I'm familiar with chain mail because I did shows for a lot of years and I hung out with the Knights a lot. So you did the face plate uh, and you did a neck plate or neck, I don't know what they call it. And then you did the chest armor as well. So how did you do the chain mail? It is so beautiful. That's actually scale mail. So scale mail originated back in the 1300s. Um, They started strapping together pangolin scales with leather. Um, somewhere in All right, the Eastern region. What's a pangolin scale? They look like an armadillo, but with scales. It does kind of look like armadillo scales. <laughs> now that you say that, we get a lot of armadillos down here. So yeah, it does kind of look if like you that. Google a Google a pangolin. They're really cool. Wow, that is really cool. So how did you connect all the? This is thou like a thousand little squares of metal that are all held oh, together. Yeah. It's, it's well over a thousand. <laughs> so do you horse butts are really big? <laughs> how do you do it? Um, each scale at the very top has a hole in it, which becomes one of the rings. So just like the traditional chainmail you think of knights in armor and the chainmail shirts, it's stitched together just like that. You open every single ring. And you close them all um, with scales. It speeds up a little bit because one of the rings is basically preformed at the top of the in the punched into the scale. Do you so buy the aluminum. scales, or did you make them? Um, I buy those from a chainmail supplier. Scales have to be punched out. Okay, let's stop pod. there, Charity. Um, you just said you buy something from a chainmail supplier, which <laughs> they exist. I know yes. that's the crazy part. <laughs> Chainmail as an art form has come a long way. So there are suppliers out there and you can get the fun colors and you can get lots of different metals. It's not all galvanized wire from tractor supply anymore. No, that's what it used to be. And and some baler yep. twine. So now you you stitch basically each one of these together and, and we're talking, you know, on the face must have three hundred of them. Uh not quite three hundred, but I mean 
it probably, I weave really fast and this piece probably took me two weeks. I love how um, you put spikes on his face too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are stainless steel spikes. Are they? Oh, good. <laughs> I, I was, there were going to be more, but then the the mental note about rider safety and what if the horse freaks out kicked in and it's like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> they can be on his face. Not yeah. on the neck, not on the butt. I, you know, your horse, this, he is a stunning horse. You know, this Mustang is stunning. And I wouldn't have guessed Mustang until I saw the profile view of his head. Um, and that yep. was, that was a little bit of a giveaway, but otherwise, you know, and the coloring with the black, uh, with the black, what do you call it again? Not chain mail. Um, it's scale mail. Scale mail is, it, it just makes him even look more stunning. That was my son's pick. I was going to do color. Were my you? My son wanted black. How's your son? Yep. So we did black. How old is your son? Uh, so going to be 17 later this month. And does he do the run fairs too? Sometimes if I poke and prod. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he know there's hot girls there that don't wear much clothes? Did you explain that to him? Uh, yes, but he has to people a little more than he's comfortable with. Ah, so okay. it's a trade-off. <laughs> What's why I did the run fairs? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I said to my dad before I went to work the first run fair the first year, I said, I'm going to meet my wife this year at the Renaissance Fair. And Jennifer showed up. And dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. it was fate it was definitely how long have you done the renaissance fairs and do you do a character i do not and i'm horrible at accents so i can't um i have to do costume i've been doing ren fairs for as a vendor seven eight years uh we sell my shop sells everything jewelry scale mail i mean i've done everything from wedding necklaces and, and sets to scale mail cod pieces it well, just depends on what somebody's looking for. It's important. For. Um, it's, it is important. <laughs> I love your costumes, too. I'm looking at your pictures on your Facebook page. So what did you do this one for? Was this done for a reason? Is your horse going to be attending the Renaissance Fair? Or was this for a photo shoot? What was it for? It was for a photo shoot. So way back when, probably eight years ago, I did Minnesota Horse, horse Expo a couple of times. And it went well. But I sold zero horsey things, like zero. It was all jewelry, horse stuff, got attention. Nobody bought anything. Huh. So I'm stepping because my, my, I wanted to kind of merge my world. So I was hoping I'm going to do, I'm going to be at um, Midwest Horse Fair in Madison this year. So this is for a new banner to, for that show. And to hopefully, my, my goal someday is to, to get big enough to do like equine affair. I would love to do that as a as a uh, as, as a, a vendor as a vendor. Okay, yeah. wow. And so, where do you live? You're up in you're up north, right? I am. I'm by Saint Cloud. It's a little tiny town just east of Saint Cloud, Minnesota. Oh, that's why there's a lot of snow in these pictures. <laughs> yes. in yes. we had. I've been. We put it off as long as possible until it's finally like just embraced the awful and go for it. I'm going to use the picture, if you don't mind, of the one him trotting through the snow with the rider. That's a great shot. It's just the snow's flying in okay. the air. It's a, it's my favorite shot of all of them, I think. So how long have you been listening to us? And, and why do you listen to us? <laughs> that's an <more> important question. <laughs> um, a little over two years, I think. Maybe closer to two and a half. My memory is vague. Um, we had a horse. <laughs> it all started with podcasts. We had a horse that had a stroke hmm. and funnily enough, they don't often survive. Not enough that there's good information out there on what you can do to help them. Right. So I was down a rabbit hole looking for information, what I can do to help support this horse, 
because he was still with us and, you know, he'd just been declared pastor sound. So we had gone through all the things and um, was listening to some podcasts and stumbled upon horses in the morning. And it was kind of all over from then because that's just, it's fun and it's not dry. Some of the podcasts out there get a little dry. Mm, that's why we started Horses in the Morning, was to overcome that. <laughs> so, glad we did it. <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> I don't think you it learned much be. about dealing with stroke horses after, though. I don't think you probably learned a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The miracle cure has actually been Elevate. So, oh, yeah. It kind of relates. That's a Kentucky Performance product. product. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, I'm glad it helped. Elevate is the, is one we've used on our horses for years, and as you know, Jamie uses it on almost all hers. Uh, um, Stroke Boy has been on. His name is Apache, by the way. I just call him Stroke Boy because because <laughs> you can just imagine your vet bills. Because <laughs> you have to pay his vet um, bills. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> correct. Um, he's actually the horse that had to retire. That's why we got Loki, the horse in the uh, pictures. Gotcha. He is. Um, the one that Loki replaced. Um, but yeah, he's on like 10,000 IUs a day. But honestly, he has gone from barely functional, we have been ready to put him down three different times, to if you didn't know he wasn't okay, you would literally never know. And you credit Elevate with that? Um, yeah. He even, he was on what, 6,000 a day and his um, level was like 200 and some. So we jumped him up to 10 and all of a sudden he's just, yeah, he's amazing. Well, I, if we I, could get the the original lameness under control, he would be rideable, and that's huge. Coming back from a stroke, I talked to Karen today from Kentucky Performance Products. Had a long chat with her about various things, and I will relay this to her. Make sure she she listens to the show, so I'll make sure she hears this part. I I think that will make her day that she helped you out so much that way. <laughs> yeah, it's been a miracle. Terrific. Well, we're so glad that you're a listener. I am so glad that you're one of the cool listeners that does Renaissance Fairs and stuff. <laughs> so, I'm happy about that. I don't know how Jamie feels. I, I think she might think we're a little weird, actually. Um, but she's not Probably. here to defend Most herself. Do, but you know what? Yeah, exactly. We yeah, have fun. That's right. Okay. She, we didn't, weird is good. We don't hurt anybody. We're we're good, you know? <laughs> oh, although playing the king, I almost hurt a few people over the years because I wasn't very good with the sword. And, you know, I would flail it around like a stupid guy. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they let you do that anymore. No, I, I couldn't get away with that anymore. No, it was it was even a little questionable then. But then that's why I started my own company so I could do whatever I wanted. So that's why I had my own acting company playing the Kings, <laughs> and I was in charge. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for being an auditor and for being a listener over the years. And uh, thanks for being so cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. Level up your horse's performance this season with choices from Purina Animal Nutrition. From Purina Ultium Competition Formula to Purina Impact Pro Performance and everything in between, Purina has the right option for your horse, including supplements like Purina Super Sport Amino Acid Supplement, Purina Amplify High Fat Supplement, and Purina Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. There are many choices for optimal nutrition when you choose Purina, all backed by science. Level up your performance this season and put Purina's research to the test. Ask for Purina at your local feed retailer today. I know uh, a lot of people know about your podcast, but there might be some out there who don't know. You do a business podcast here in the network called The Lead Line. So, and you talk all about business. Obviously, that's that's your that's what uh, you're known for in the horse world, and especially small businesses. And I asked you for a tip today, and this one so fits with what we're going to be doing this weekend. 
Oh, it's so true. So I had to think about it a little bit. There's, you always ask me for a business tip when I do horses in the morning with you. And so today I decided to talk about the importance of having a great elevator pitch. So first and foremost, if you don't know what an elevator pitch is for our listeners, an elevator pitch is basically the short spiel that you give to tell people the answer to the question, what do you do? So if you meet a stranger, let's say in an elevator for the first time and they say, oh, what do you do? What's the answer that you're going to give them? Now, do we really meet people in an elevator that much? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But th- the fact of the matter is the, the name is stuck. It's an elevator pitch. So that's where it comes from. And the reason it's so important is because when you're meeting someone for the very first time, you need to capture their attention. You don't want to tell them in you know 50 paragraphs what it is that you do because they're going to tune you out. You want to keep it short, to the point, and be very clear about what you do. The reason I say this is because if you aren't clear, what's going to happen is that person's going to forget what you do. They're not going to be able to refer your business. So we're going to talk about that at Equine Affair coming up, and that's going to be one of my talks at 5 p.m. on Thursday. Glenn, do you have an elevator pitch? I do. Uh, you know, well, it's changed over the years. I used to have to say, hey, we're, you know, we do a show about, we do a morning drive radio show about horses. It's fun. It's entertaining. And now I have to change the podcast because people actually know what a podcast is. So my elevator pitch has had to change over the years. And now I say, you know, we're one of the longest running daily podcasts. It's kind of like the morning drive radio show that you used to listen to, only all about horses. Well, that's perfect. You know, when we went to podcasts or er- when we went to PodFest together, there was a lot of other podcasters, but they weren't really horse people. It was really just you and I, and I think yep. we had one other woman that we'd <laughs> met at the event. And so it's interesting. When you give your elevator pitch, you also have to consider who you're talking to. Because if it's not a horse person and you start spitting all these horse terms at them, they're just going to be a deer. They're going to be deer in headlights. <laughs> they're not going to know what you're saying. So when I was at PodFest, my go-to elevator pitch was just a couple of lines. They said, what do you do, Mandy? And I said, I have a show called The Leadline Podcast. It's a show for horse people where we talk about business. So That's was a very, perfect elevator pitch. It was very straightforward. I just said, we talk business, but for horses. That was kind of my line is, we talk business, but for horse people. So that that made sense to podcasters. But if I went into all of the different aspects of the horse industry with them, mm-mm. They would not have understood. Were you <laughs> so surprised at PodFest how many of the other podcasters could not describe their own show? You know, it's so true. The other thing that was surprising is how many people asked me if I knew you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> been around a little while. Yeah, so true. <laughs> But that is true. When we were there, it, it, they couldn't describe their own shows. And, and I would always say, you got to figure that out first. You got to get your paragraph down. Um, that's your first test. If you don't understand your own show, then how are you going to explain it even while doing the show? You, you don't have a clear vision. And you can't get referrals because if people don't understand what you do, they're never going to send anyone to you. So I know when I talk about my show, The Lead Line, Most of my friends and family actually understand what I do, and they've been telling me they've been sending people to my show. And apparently it's working (laughs) because I'm getting more downloads and they said people are listening. So you've got to make sure that it's clear what you do. Don't overcomplicate it. When I ask someone what they do and they go off for 10, 15 minutes explaining it, that's way too much. You You don't need all that time. 
Just tell them in a couple sentences and that's it. And either they're going to follow up or they're going to move on, right? Exactly. They're going to ask a follow-up question if they're at all interested or they're going to move on. Either way, you've you've got your elevator pitch out there. If they're moving on, they're not interested. Exactly. And, you know, this is very important for the the event that you're having at Equine Affair, which is a mixer, right? So Mm -hmm. it's basically basically speed dating for business people. And everybody goes around and meets everybody else, but you only have have a minute to catch their attention. Now, everybody there is horse people, so they're a little more interested in what you have to offer, right? Uh, but still, you've got a minute. <laughs> and and then you're being interrupted, you're moving on, and you still may not, if the elevator pitch isn't down, they, I still may not know what that person does. Right. That's yeah. why it's so important. When you see someone looking at you and their eyes are glassed over, you know that you've lost them. <laughs> so you've got to get that pitch down. And as the as this other person on the other side, if someone's giving you their elevator pitch, I encourage you to ask those what I call clarifying questions. And that's something we're going to do at my talk on 5 p.m. on Thursday about elevator pitches at Equine Affair is I'm actually going to bring in a handful of horse business professionals who are going to share their elevator pitch on the mic with me. And then I'm going to ask the audience, did their elevator pitch make sense? And the audience gets to ask clarifying questions. They, they'll you know nod if it made sense or they'll say, nope, that didn't make any sense at all. But you can really tell when you pull the audience, because I've done this talk before, you can tell if the elevator pitch landed with them or not. And if it didn't, they're going to all stare and be like, Nope, I have no idea what that person does. So it's it's really great to see both sides of it. And it's a great real life example of how an elevator pitch should be delivered. Let me make a note. Well, it's Thursday at five o'clock. I need to be in the bathroom at the beginning of Mandy's talk. <laughs> They're pre-selected, Glenn. Oh, good. Okay, Don't good. worry. I've already got my hand full. Oh, good. I'm but glad if you're volunteering. No, no, I wasn't actually. <laughs> Well, I I think this is very important, and it doesn't matter what your business is, right? It can be you run a boarding stable, it can be you run a training business, whatever that is, in that two or three or four sentences that you have to give your elevator pitch about your training business, you need to identify what type of training you do, what type of horses you train, and basically how it works. So you got to condense that all down to a paragraph. You do. It's It's got to be short. I can't tell you how many times I've networked with people and they've just given me this long spiel about what they do. And I'm just like, I didn't need all that information. And you know, you're nice and you say, you just kind of stand there and nod and act like you get it. But frankly, that's where you lose people is that that too long of a spiel. You got to keep it short and sweet. All right. Well, we're going to keep this tip short and sweet because it's about something that should be short and sweet. So thank you, Mandy. Appreciate it. And next, we're going to find out what kind of problems our auditors have. Equestrian first world problems. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. That's right. It's time for Equestrian First World Problems. We post in the auditor room every Sunday night or Monday morning, and we ask what kind of Equestrian First World Problems our auditors are having. I kind of picked out the ones that were First World Problems and not real problems, although the number of real problems has been decreasing as the weather's been getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Over the winter, it's all just snow cold ice problems. But we have a variety here today. And just because Jamie's not here doesn't mean the world stops, right? So uh, tell us about some of our auditors' first world problems. 
All right. Well, our first one comes from Leah and she writes, at the end of the month, I am moving my horse to a new barn and they gave me six stalls to choose from. Do I pick the one with the window or the one across from the big heated cooled heated slash cooled tack room or the stall near the heated wash stall or the laundry room or the one near the door to the indoor? Oh, and there's one more or the or the stall with the window that overlooks the fountain in the pond. Too many choices. (laughs) Scooter wants the one overlooking the pond. He wants the window overlooking the pond. That's what I'm voting for. Yeah, I kind of think the pond view is a good one, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Give him something to watch, the fountain. He'd stare at that all day. I think that's exactly. perfect. I think we go with that one. Yep, sold. <laughs> so Scooter at his new barn has been going out uh, with the baby that's there that's what? Not a yearling yet, right, Jennifer? It's a little gypsy baby that's cute as the Dickens, by the way. So he's been going out with the little gypsy baby, and, and that's been an experience because Scooter Scooter's good with other horses out in the field, unless you, but you cannot put any food out because then the other horse is going to lose regardless. Oh, no. So uh, so the, the barn owner has been instructed, okay, and it's her baby. So it's like, do not put food out or even threaten to. You can put them out together, but then they have to get separated at food time. And she said, I started making the food, and he heard it, and he started chasing the baby. So I said, yep, you just it has to be done ahead of time. He's just food obsessed. Now, it could be, because when we got him, he was almost dead from starvation. But I think that was eight or nine years ago. Maybe they do long memories. I don't know. Or maybe he's just a pig. I don't, I don't know. Which. <laughs> I think he's just hungry. He's a pony, yeah. <laughs> Well, our next one comes from Caitlin, and she writes, P.S. of Sweden was having a sale, but I had to buy eight saddle pads to get free shipping. Since they were 70% off, it's like they were free. <laughs> P.S. of Sweden. Is that the one, Gen- Jennifer, that you you got? She's using their new saddle pad, too. Oh, you got 16 Cypress. They're about the same quality. They're both really nice quality. But P.S. of Sweden has really nice stuff. And for some reason, I mentioned them on the show. I had them on the show after Wisa. And uh, the auditors are going crazy buying their saddle pads. And they're not even a paid sponsor, but they need to be because they've sold a lot of saddle pads because of Oh, us. man. Eight <laughs> saddle pads for free shipping. Mm. So it doesn't sound like there was a spend threshold. It was, nope, you just buy eight saddle pads. That's right. <laughs> I want eight. I want all the colors. <laughs> all right. Well, our next one comes from Christy. She said, I shelled out a good bit of cash for a pretty new headstall for the newest horse. The pretty new headstall doesn't fit, so I had to disassemble it and use an ugly old one instead. <laughs> How many times have we ordered headstalls are a problem? And especially when you're ordering for a pony. You ne- they just don't make them his size because ponies, they think, this is a problem I've always had. And even when we were in the tack business, they think all ponies have the same size head. So they make one mm-hmm. pony size, right? And they don't. Their heads are all shaped so differently. Oh, and, so different. Yeah. So Jennifer's always having to alter it or put order a different piece to put on it or make a new piece to put on it and replace the pieces out. Yeah. I probably have yeah. them all different sizes, too. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I have a paint. I've had the same paint mare for many, many years, and she wears a cob or Arab size fly mask. Ooh, those the, are tough. Yeah, the traditional size does not fit her. They are too big. And she is also, uh, she's also a master at removing her fly mask, so it needs to actually fit or it is off. <laughs> <laughs> Fly mask. I can't even keep a fly mask on Scooter. We don't even try anymore. We just put fly spray on him, and he doesn't. He will not wear it. And he's already taught. He's already. He has to wear a muzzle. So the little baby gypsy. He's already teaching the baby gypsy how to take the muzzle off. So, oh no! Yep. 
<laughs> train uh, them young, he says. Train them young. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I relate to Meta's. Yeah. So Meta says, it's great riding weather in Indiana, but I hurt my back. I have matured to the point in my life that I get how precious the small moments with horses and just about everything is now more than ever. But I don't want to mature anymore. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I'm with her there. <laughs> I'm with her there. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, like once I hit 30, everything started feeling different. Oh, wait till uh, you hit 60. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, it's going to be a minute for me, but uh, everything is it needs more recovery time. I get it. Does it. that's it? That's exactly what it is, right there. You just got to recover more in between. So just try not to fall off. That's all I got to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Megan says our dog woke me up at five a.m. barking at the Amazon delivery truck, and now I'm too tired to go to my writing lesson. Side note, husband had to have a life jacket so urgently on a 30 degree morning with like four question marks. <laughs> that was a <the> question. <laughs> so it was the life jacket on the Amazon delivery That's truck. That's what I'm that, guessing. And do you notice yeah. how she blamed her husband and not the Amazon delivery driver for bringing it at five in the morning? And that is early. That's really early. <laughs> she must live in a major market because Amazon does not deliver that early where I live. <laughs> no, not even close. We're lucky we get it by nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's marriage, though. That's marriage right there. And I know you've been married long enough. We've had this mm -hmm. discussion before off air is how we're so eager to blame each other, yet it was it's not his fault. <laughs> I mean, it's only his fault if he was quietly sleeping through the 5 a.m. Well, he probably call. did, actually. All right, <laughs> 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 it might have been his fault. <laughs> uh, I don't enjoy 5 a.m. wake-up calls either, so I can relate. <laughs> Ooh, I need to text you this weekend at Equine Affair at 5 o'clock. Oh, it's not going to do any good. I keep my phone on silent and oh, I wear earplugs. The, I'm just going to give them a shout out. Loop earplugs are phenomenal and Loop? I wear them every night. Loop. Yep. They don't get in your way because they actually fit in your ear so you're not pressing in your yeah. ear. They fit. They fit a lot better than those like foam, like orange ones. Yeah, those ones. are terrible. They just fall those out. Are t yeah, yeah, those are awful. But I started wearing earplugs when I was traveling full time and living in hotels. And then I got so used to them that now I put them in every night at home because then I don't have to worry about hearing any weird noises like my husband getting up in the night or the or, pets making sounds. When you're at a hotel, I always seem to get the room above the dumpster and the trash oh, truck yes. comes at 4.30 every morning. <laughs> You are so right. Oh, yes. That's one of the many sounds you will hear at hotels. I've had other sounds that I've needed to block. Oh, yeah, those sound. two. <laughs> Depending on the hotel motel you're staying in. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Megan, you need to get some loop earplugs. Those, those will help. <laughs> All right, I'm looking those up. Hey, I have to I have to do a review, too. We got, I got some, I never had the Bose, uh, you know, noise deafening headphones mm -hmm. uh, because they're $400, right? So I've, I've never gotten them. But I bought one of the knockoffs for like $60 to try on our trip to Norway because the airplane and all that stuff. And I've never had one. And these are the Bluetooth, but they're noise canceling. And uh, I have to try, I'm going to test them out and I'll let you guys know because uh, from what I've tested already, just giving them a try, they really do work. And they're only like 60 bucks. So I'll, I'll give you a review at, you know, and they're over the ear. They're the full ones. They're not earbuds. Uh, but when I'm flying and, you know, things like like that, I'd rather have over the ear anyway. So I'll let you know. I'll do a review on them. 
Well, Carrie says, we had a huge tax sale this weekend at my local fairgrounds, and my goal was to bring a bunch of stuff to sell and not get anything new. I failed miserably, but now I have a new saddle pad, brushes, a jolly ball, a sheet, a stock tie, and a fly sheet. <laughs> Y'all are the same. Y'all are the same. That's all I'm going to say. You're all yep. are the same. <laughs> yeah. As soon as, it's, as soon as I got to the line where... She said, not get anything new. Yeah, I was like, yeah. nope, didn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, us husbands know that, too, when they say that. Oh, I'm just going to sell stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, the best thing you can do is to try to go to these things without any money, <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about it. I don't know with this tax sale if they took credit or you just know, cash, but if you leave the cash at home, at least you've got a chance to not get yourself in trouble. And you know, there's one company that has helped horse people spend more at situations like this than any other, Square. That's true. With everybody being able to have a credit card charger on their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Square has cost more people money. <laughs> no kidding. And then Square always prompts for tips automatically, most, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. what I've seen, too. So yeah. then you're, you're not only spending the money, you're tipping, too. <laughs> Like, do I have to tip this person I just bought a used halter from? <laughs> I mean, I'd take the tip. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Alicia says, I have the cutest new foal who's snuggly and friendly, and I just want to hang out with all day. But I have a day job I have to do to pay for him and his mother. <laughs> he is cute, too. I saw that she posted a picture. He's very cute. You have a cute foal. And I see Aww. why you want to hang out all day. Adorable. Yeah, well, I'm a big animal lover, too, and I would much rather hang out with my animals all day. But I often tell my cat I have to leave so I can pay to feed you. <laughs> my horse, well, she's boarded off site, so we don't have that conversation every day. But my cat and I have that cat conversation often. <laughs> and all one right, more, and then, we're going to end with Matt today, who, who contributes almost every week. Yes. All right. Let's see what Matt says. All right. My stepsister no longer shows horses, so I am taking her aluminum horse trailer for free. But now that means I will have two horse trailers, one car trailer, one utility trailer, my two trucks and my dad's project truck to all fit in my parking pad. Now I need to build another parking area just for horse trailers. <laughs> you know, Matt doesn't have an HOA. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong there. <laughs> Matt, you have that house with all the junky cars and stuff parked there. You have that house. I, I've met Matt before. He's a good guy. And he, he actually can work on his cars. So there's a reason he has all that stuff. He's actually qualified, unlike me, to work on cars. Well, that's a good skill to have. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. He probably would have put that, uh, that uh, stencil on your car without any trouble or swearing. Like you. Have. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, there's no swearing, just tears. No, just tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Jamie and I, hopefully, if Jamie gets back tomorrow like she's scheduled to, uh, we're going to be together on Wednesday morning. Uh, we're going to do a show together. And then uh, uh, I am leaving right after the show for Ohio. And uh, then we're going to be doing spe three special episodes on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from Equine Affair. This Thursday coming up, as we heard earlier in the show, is going to be the brand new NRHA. So we have a full week of shows.
shows coming to you. Endurance is tomorrow. Jennifer and Karen will be here with you. So a full week of shows. And then Jamie and I will be back together next week and working together for a while. I know you've missed her and you like when we're both together. And that'll happen. But occasionally we need to vacation. And I'll be taking one in May as well. So thank you, Mandy. And we, I hold on, auditors. We're going to chat a little TV after in the post show. And uh, I want to hear what you're watching. And I'll tell you some ones that we tried. And uh, thanks for joining me. We'll see you this weekend.